Welcome to That's Awesome ID. My name is Leslie Early, and each week I will be speaking with a different guest and learning about one thing they think is awesome in the field of instructional design. Okay, today I am excited to have my, I would like to call you my friend, not just my guest. You can. Yes. You We've can. been through the UMGC trenches together. Yes. Um, so I have my friend here, Jeanette Skaggs, and she is going to give us a little background, do a little intro into the world of sales enablement, which I did not know was a thing until I met you. So thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I think it's the uh, best kept secret in the learning and development world. <laughs> Right. Um, so I know you pretty well, but I would like to give you a couple, you know, a couple minutes if you want to take a few minutes and just introduce yourself to listeners. And Sure, sure. So um, I actually started out as a high school English teacher. Um, I wanted to be a teacher since sixth grade. So, you know, you, you, you go through college, you go through your undergraduate, and that's what I wanted to be. And that's what I did. And then children and the military moves and um, lots of upheaval when it comes to uh, jobs situation. And now we find ourselves 20 years later and um, or closer to 25 years later. And what uh, what do I want to be when I grow up? And so I started looking around at what were the next steps for a teacher, because that's really what I'm comfortable doing, right? That's, that's what I enjoy doing. And I, I knew that I'd been out of the classroom long enough. I didn't want to go back into a classroom. So what was, what was on the horizon? Mm -hmm. And so I started looking at the instructional design world and that's where I met you, of course, is mm -hmm. when we started the uh, UMGC's master's program. Um, but even before that, I, knew that I liked technology. I knew I liked where technology advances have advanced education. And I feel very strongly about adults and continuing education and creating a world of continuous learning. Um, when we think that education ends once we are no longer in school, I think that's a, a disservice to ourselves. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I got a job in sales enablement at Progress, which is a software company, and love it. I've been doing this job now for um, just over two years, and um, it's, it's been interesting. Uh, that was going to be my question. How long have you actually been in sales enablement? But um, yeah, so you and I, we met at University of Maryland, the global campus, their instructional, well, now they changed it to learning design and technology <laughs> program. And we just got lucky and we're put together um, on a group project. Uh -huh. and And then we decided to stay together in that group. For even, the semester after, yeah, yeah. Even, for, yeah, even for a capstone project, yeah, it was much yeah, easier so, that way. <laughs> yeah, I suggest to anybody out there find yourself like an, a little accountability pod, um, even if you're trying to do self study, or uh, I, it made all the difference. It made all the difference. It really yeah. did. It really did. So that was a little um, tangent we went on, but um, so <laughs> you kind of. You found yourself, how did you find yourself in the world of sales enablement? Like, so the, did you just apply? Well, or? there was um, a really good friend of mine who knew that I was looking for something that was more technologically 
bent than where I was. And he said, I, I think, um, I think there's a job at, at my company that would be perfect for you. He said, send me your, send me your resume. And I was like, okay. So I sent him my resume and, um, he had made it a point to make sure that all of the technologies that I had used or knew or whatever were included in the, um, um, in my resume. And, and he passed it on to, to the person who ended up being my boss. And, um, I, even at that point, even through the hiring process, I really wasn't sure what I was going to be doing. I, I remember in the, the interview process, the, uh, um, one of my colleagues walked me through, hey, we do this. We support, this is sort of what sales enablement does, right? We mm -hmm. support the sales reps and we work with marketing and we work with product management and this is what we do. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Didn't really know, still didn't know what sales enablement was. And then we started the job <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, you hit the ground running and, and it's um, sales enablement is the part where sales reps um, are given all of this information from product marketing and product management um, and the engineers and a sales enablement job is to take the fire hose of information and turn it into a sprinkler so that they can get the information they need to do their job without being overwhelmed. Mm. And so that makes a lot of sense. So like if, for instance, if like a sales rep is like, I need to go out and, and make a sales call and I'm trying to sell our product of XYZ to this this mm -hmm. client, mm -hmm. but I don't need to know ABC. I just need to know X, Y, Z. So do they, is it like, do you create like, like using an LMS or something yeah. where you're storing yes. these bits of information? So we have, we attack that kind of a situation in, um, two or three different ways. And just like when we're, we're working through something in instructional design space, we have to number one, decide, does it need a course? Right. So we have um, a new product comes out that probably needs a course. Uh, we have a new piece of uh, comp uh, competitive intel that may not need necessarily a course, but it probably needs a handout, a PDF, some kind of uh, physical documentation that a rep could have in front of them at all times. So mm -hmm. where instructional design then crosses with sales enablement is that you're really trying to figure out these pieces of information. How do we then distribute the information? And it can be a course. I've written quite a few that do live in an LMS, mm -hmm. or is it um, a piece of information that's just going to sit on our SharePoint that is accessible at any time of the day? Um, or is it somewhere in between? Is it does it need to be a, a hands-on training mm -hmm. that everybody in the group needs? So you've you've also got the aspect of is it um, does it need to be virtual virtual training, which is what we've got right now, right? Because of our nice little right. pandemic, or um, can it be self serve? Is it um, a course that can be evergreen that just sort of stays on the LMS, and if they need it, that's great. Um, Think of needing, think of needing a recipe 
and mm-hmm. you have a number of places that you can go for the recipe. And you can either go to, oh, say Pinterest and find the recipe, which is your nice documentation, or or you can have a, or you can print it out, or you mm-hmm. can go to YouTube and have them show you how to do the recipe. Yeah. Right. So it's the same. It's the same idea. The sales enablement and my job is to pull whatever information that I have that's coming in and decide how does it need to be distributed. So that's where the instructional design becomes important. Yeah. Wow. I think that's an even, yeah, that's, I didn't even know that much about it. So yeah, great. I'm learning. Um, I guess my next question then is, is like, that does sound like a, a lot of overlap between like a traditional instructional design job. So how would you, I mean, obviously your target learners are your sales force, but how else is this differ or what are the overlaps and, and differences between So them? your, your traditional um, L and D's tend to, they were normally attached to your human resources, your human capital departments. Mm-hmm. And we still have those. We still have those in the company because uh, they still have to do um, accreditation checks. They still have to do certifications. We still have human resource training that comes through that we have to participate in. So your typical um, L&D is going to, is going to be in that space. Um, we also have a couple of other types of L and D in our company. We have some that are focused specifically on our partners or on our customers. So you have learning design people that have to interact with, with customers and train our customers to use our software as well. So when you think about a company and the, the different learning that has to take place in that company. Most of the time, people don't think of sales enablement, but they and they think of the, the traditional. But you have a lot mm-hmm. of people that have come into sales enablement from L and D. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know that there's a lot of difference in the end product that we create. It's still a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that with sales enablement, I have found that sales itself changes so rapidly. The situation of, of going from, um, live training in beginning of March to two weeks later, having to then bring everything online, just that changing nature of sales, um, sales enablement is, 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 has to be very fast paced. Whereas maybe your traditional L and D can take some time, can do some nice reviews. It, yeah. Most of the time sales enablement, we, we don't have that luxury of time. It's a very, very fast paced. We have to turn it around very quickly. And two months from now, what I put out today may have to be changed again. It may have, it, it's a very high touch process. Mm, mm-hmm. So there is that. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. You don't have as many evergreen uh, topics, it would seem as yet. No, mostly, most of my evergreen stuff right now are, are going to be like your soft skills, your presentation skills, yeah. your negotiation skills. Um, the, the capstone project that we worked on for um, our degree, the one that mm-hmm. I completed was a finance for non-financial managers. That would be an evergreen because that is something that's that's not going to change with the mm-hmm. nature of the business. But something that is product related, 
um, that changes every time they send out a new release of the product, right? And software, right. if we have to update our phones, we all know how many times they update a piece of software. So yeah, it is a it is a high touch um, environment for the learning experience. Interesting. Okay. Um, I guess, so clearly you like it. I mean, you stayed. I do. <laughs> you I, got in, didn't I know what you're getting into and you stayed. So what is, um, what's the most rewarding part about, you know, this type of sales enablement role? So the majority of your companies nowadays that need sales enablement, and that's the funny thing is that it, once you're in sales enablement, you notice all the people that are hiring sales enablement, um, is the fact that most of these companies are global. And I I love the fact of the, the globalness, that working with my colleagues that are in Bulgaria or working with my colleagues that are in Singapore, that is, um, that is probably one of the most rewarding things. But then also on top of that is, is knowing that what you're creating is giving them um, – a learning experience that's going to, that they want to participate in, right? It's not um, like the evergreen stuff specifically is, is uh, we, we call it, um, we would call it professional development, you know, in the educational mm-hmm. circles, but personal development is also important in, in corporate world. And so creating things like that, that are going to benefit them in their job, but also just in real life, um, mm-hmm outside of work is, is really rewarding as well. Um, the, the thing about sales enablement and we, our projects, our projects tend to be, um, motivated by what each individual team needs. And so one day I could be working with, um, one of the groups in Europe and then Tomorrow, I could be working with uh, our sales reps out in Arizona, and they mm-hmm. can need totally different things. So it's it's not a boring job because you're never doing the same thing twice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like it's not it's not the um, you're not creating something and then just setting it up and never touching it again and wondering do people even want to use it? Are they using it? It's like you have people who who probably are a little bit more engaged and, and have an immediate need or application Mm -hmm. of whatever it is that you're creating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's so funny that you said you didn't see sales enablement until you got Mm -hmm. hired and then you started seeing it posting. I didn't see it anywhere either until I met you and you told me this is what you do. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, there are a lot of sales enablement jobs out here. Um, so I think that there is a demand for this. It's a growing field, I think, and um, might be an option for people who are trying to transition as you did from education or other Mm -hmm. fields into instructional design. Um, But knowing that this is, this is a part of it. So if people are looking to transition into like a sales enablement type of role, Mm -hmm. um, do you have any recommendations where they could maybe find more information or learn more about it? So the, there are a couple of um, really good sites for information. One is actually called the the sales enablement collective. Mm -hmm. And um, they've been doing some really good work of, getting best practices and that kind of thing. Um, also hmm, the training 
training industry, I think is also probably really good at finding information on how to train inside sales. I think I don't think that they actually call it sales enablement on their on their mm-hmm. their website, but that's what it is. They talk mm-hmm. about um, in the training industry website. They talk about where training is used in each of these um, industries. And so if you look under sales, it, it all of that has to do with sales enablement. Um, but yeah, this, the sales enablement collective is probably one of the, the biggest that we have in the, the States. There are quite a few that are over in Europe as well. Um, but that would be my suggestion. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good place to start. Um, and then I guess my final question that I always ask everybody is, uh, if listeners did want to reach out to you or had more questions about this, um, where could, where could people connect with you or. Yeah. So probably the best place to connect with me would probably be LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just Jeanette Skaggs. Um, Mm -hmm. that's probably the best place I am on Twitter, which, um, is, uh, uh, a decent place to find me, but LinkedIn probably for this, for this information would be the best. Well, thank you so much, Jeanette, for joining me. You're welcome. I've enjoyed it. Me too. Uh, I always enjoy a good chat with you. You're a great chat buddy. (laughs) We can talk way too long. (laughs) I know. You just got to cut us off. Just cut us off at some point. Um, All right. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Thanks. 